Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. Please turn with me to Luke chapter 15. I want to preach the Word of God. Father, I thank you so much for your Word. I thank you for the Word that Kate's preached. I thank you so much, Lord, for the rhema Word. I thank you that the latter glory of this house is going to be greater. I thank you for the river of God that is flowing as powerfully as it's ever flown. I thank, I thank you, Lord, that we are in harvest time. And I'm asking you, Heavenly Father, that you would anoint this house to reach the lost. And I decree and declare into this house that it's harvest time. And that this barn is too small. And that God will download supernatural strategies for multiple barns all over Dudley, all over the city. And all over the nations of the world. Verse, Luke 15 verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. Whoa, Holy Spirit, draw us near to hear you. To hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled. Saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Isn't it fascinating that having the presence of Jesus does not make a community immune to grumbling? It's so, so dangerous to draw near to Jesus and still be grumbling, to be a grumbler. And the grumble is this man receives sinners and eats with them. Verse 3, so he told them this parable. What a man of you having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country. I'm going to start again. So he told them this parable. What man of you, everyone say man, man. of you having a hundred sheep, if he's lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Oh, I love that image. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, everyone say woman, Woman. having 10 silver coins, If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. 
I want you to notice that we've been wrong all along, thinking that it's the angels that rejoice in the presence of God when a sinner's saved. It isn't. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who are doing the rejoicing, and the angels are the ones looking with their mouths hanging open. It says it right there. There's joy in the presence or before the angels of God. This church is going to make a lot of angels go ballistic in the next few months. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. And the story goes on. I don't want to read that story because that's not the story that I'm going to be preaching on. This passage of scripture in Luke chapter 15 is a passage of scripture in which Jesus lays out daddy's heart for the world. <clears throat> he came to reveal the father. Yazo mugani baba. He came so that we could see daddy. I, I, sorry, house was actually my first language. I just don't look like it is. In fact, actually, I'm a black man trapped in this white skin. If, if, I, if, God had, if God had made me from the soil I was born in properly, I would be that way round. And I always wondered, because growing up, my friends were Nigerian, black Nigerian, and... I'm a white Nigerian, and there's not many of us. <laughs> and I, I really wondered, Lord, what in, why did you make me white? <laughs> I mean, I speak fluent house. I don't have any white man's accent. So, you know, anyway. Hmm. <laughs> he is. Um, Reinhard is white, that's true. He was a Nigerian. We accepted him as Nigerian. Right, guys? Right, Demo? Yeah. And Jesus, in Luke 15, he has three parables to reveal the heart of the Father to the world. The first parable is the parable of the lost sheep. The second is the parable of the lost coin. The third is the parable of the lost sons, two lost sons. It's not the prodigal son. The parable should be titled the loving father because the father is the hero of the parable. Now, <clears throat> I want to just, I want to just take a moment. You know, I love how Jesus says that when he's found the lost sheep, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And I, I remember when I was a kid, my favorite thing growing up in the bush, my dad is a great adventurer and he and the village uh, elders and friends of his, we, we would always trek in the bush. And dad would always take us with him. Even when I was very little, he would insist that I come with him and it was always just the next brow of the hill will turn around, just the next one. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's, 
In the region that we were in, there was still lots of wild animals. It was the very late 1960s, early 70s. There were still animals, wild animals in the bush in the area that we lived in. And so, you know, I did not like being on the ground. And when my dad would finally allow me to persuade him to sling me up onto his shoulders, and my dad was a very strong, tall, very strong man, I would be sitting on his shoulders, and he was already losing all of his hair. You know, the Lord, the Lord counts the numbers of hairs on our head, and he even knows exactly where everyone is that's been lost. And so I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sitting there, and I'm on my dad's shoulders, and I'm like, yeah, we're going lion hunting. Whoa, nothing can touch me up here. I'm on my daddy's shoulders. I loved it. And that's, this is the imagery, you know. The father, the, 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 the shepherd, the good shepherd has gone, and he's found his little sheep, and he's slung him up over his shoulders. And I just love that so much. But I want to zero in on the parable of the lost coin. Of what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she's found it? And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Why a coin? Why a coin? See, I can understand the parable of a lost sheep because Jesus is the good shepherd. I can understand the parable of the lost sons because Jesus came to reveal the father, that God's our father. He's our daddy. And that's who he is. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you are about to be upgraded in your life in the most magnificent way. And you're going to go from being a slave of sin to being a son of God Almighty. So I can understand him being the good, uh, the lost coin because he's the good shepherd. And I can understand him being the good father, the, the, the lost boys because he's a good father. But I've never known him to say, I'm the good coin collector. So why a coin? Well, you know, I used to be a shepherd. When I was 19, I traveled around the world for nine months backpacking. And I spent three to four of those months, nearly four months, on a sheep ranch in Australia with 20,000 sheep, 22,000 sheep on a 100,000-acre ranch. And I was was a, um, a sheep hand, which basically meant that I was a little bit lower than the sheep dogs. And, and, and I learned something about sheep. And then later in life, when I was about 31, I went back to, uh, when I was 28, I went back to looking after sheep. And then when I was 31, I went back to looking after sheep again. God gave me the privilege of looking after sheep as the under shepherd, lower than the dogs, three times in my life. Because humility is of great worth to God. When I looked after sheep, I found out something about sheep. They're very, very noisy when they're lost. When a sheep's hungry or a sheep's lost its lamb, 
or the lamb's lost its mother, or the sheep senses that it's lost and it's, it's away from the flock, that sheep will make a ton of noise. I mean, there's every octave you can think of. I mean, it's unreal. <laughs> that was very realistic. <laughs> uh, we have one of daddy's sheep right here. I love it. I mean, that sheep knows instinctively how to help someone find it. And I can understand us being likened to that sheep. I can also understand the parable of the two sons. It says that when the youngest son came to his senses, when he came to his senses, you see, you and I, we can come to our senses. He's in, he's in that pig's will. He's wasted everything that belonged to his dad that his dad gave him. One third of his father's wealth, he's wasted it with loose living. Now he's poverty struck, he has nothing. And he goes and he enslaves himself. The word literally means to join into union with a citizen of a foreign land. I mean, the imagery, I mean, if we could preach for a week on that. And he finds himself in this pig's will. The, the most, it's not an accident that it, he's eating the pig pods. They are, the, they are the most unclean animal to any Jewish person. Of all the unclean animals, they're the ones that took on the greatest persona of the unclean, symbolizing the unclean. And here Jesus is saying that the man is trying to eat the pig pods, but he can't even eat the pig pods because the pigs are eating them first. I know because we had 1,200 pigs as a family in England. My dad's family that he left to go to Nigeria to, be, to bring the gospel to my Nigerian people. My father's family are wealthy farmers. He left it all to go and live where there's no electricity, where there's no running toilets, where there was just, in the, just with the people in northern Nigeria. Gave 20 years of his life. For the gospel. And we had 1,200 pigs as well as 1,500 acres as well as uh, of arable land and, uh, and 300 milking cows, jerseys. My father just walked away from it all. But we would come back every three years for my mum and dad to be refreshed and, you know, etc. And I was sent to the local school. I could smell our pig farm two miles away from the school. I dreaded anybody finding out that my family were the responsible ones for the stench of our village in, in Grove Wantage, Oxfordshire. It was horrific. I'm telling you the poop that 1,200 pigs make and that is then has to be spread over the fields for manure 
is just the most awful thing. And this boy is in this awful thing. And pigs are not kind. And they're trampling on him. They're crushing him. They're charging him. (laughs) Sound like demons. Sound like something straight out of Lord of the Rings. Nazgul or something, you know. Horrific. Absolutely horrific. And that boy, in that, comes to his senses and remembers his father. Says, I'm going home. I'm going home. What am I doing here? I'm not a pig. I'm not a foreigner. I'm going back to my dad. And what is it that he remembers about his father? He remembers his father's kindness. You see, because a son has the capacity to remember kindness. And he picked up and walked on his two legs. Because a son has legs to go home to follow the remembrance of his father. A coin has no mind to remember, has no voice to cry out like a sheep. And has no legs to carry its way home. And that tells me that God considers every sinner that he's ever created that is still to be saved. He considers them as incapable of saving themselves as the coin was to help the woman find it. And when you and I as a community, when that penny drops, excusing the unintended pun. When that penny drops, we stop judging the lost. See our neighbors, our colleagues at work tomorrow morning. All the people that upset us, the people we watch on TV, our new prime minister. The people that God's brought from foreign lands. Or, if you're someone who's from people like me, Kate and I, we're immigrants. Maybe the people that you find difficult that you're judging are the people that have been born and raised for generations in this land. And you feel like, oh my goodness, I thought English people were nice and they're just a bunch of miserable people. I want you all to remember every single human being is treasure in the eyes of God and he considers it to be his responsibility to find them because they cannot help him find them because they're like a coin who is so valuable but has no mind to understand its value has No voice to cry out like a lamb. When they're drunk on Saturday night and it's now Sunday morning at 3 a.m. and they're puking up in the gutter and they're thinking, how did my life become this? And they don't know how to get home. And every word on their lips is an F word and a B word and a 
C word and every S word and everything else. And they just, they don't know. They don't even know they're lost. They don't know who they belong to. They don't know whose image they bear. They don't realize that they're from the treasury storehouse of the heart of God. And that they've actually got the image of the king imprinted on them. And I felt the Lord just giving me another pun. A double entendre. He said, and they don't know the tale regarding their life. They don't know the story. They don't know they're about to meet you and get saved. They don't realize everything's going to go from tails to heads in a moment. Why a coin? Because a coin cannot save itself and has no idea of its worth. Has no voice and has no legs. When it's lost... It's lost. Can do nothing to help you find it. And God considers it his responsibility that that coin's lost. How do we know that? Because he says that the woman said, rejoice with me. The coin that I lost has now been found. After all, God made every single person, every drug addict, Putin, Hitler. Every single human of history. The good, the bad, the ugly. Every, I don't mean physically ugly, I mean ugly in what they've done. Every single human being that's ever, 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 ever lived came out of Adam. God made them when he made Adam. And God has considered it his responsibility that we were lost. And he came and found us. He sent his son into this world to seek and save the lost. Because he knew we couldn't save ourselves. Glory to God. Number two. Well, actually, number four. That's number four, Sandy. Number two, why a woman? We heard why a coin, now why a woman? Well, the Holy Spirit showed me. What man among you, having a having hundred sheep, one goes astray, will not leave the 99 to go for the one? What man? A man had two sons. A certain man had two sons. And suddenly, strangely, in the middle, we have this. And what woman? Why a woman? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, because I want my bride to carry the heart of this woman. I want you to notice, son, that this woman gave herself no rest until she found the coin. Till she found her treasure. And the reality is everybody. You and I are joined to Christ now. 
And he has given us his mind. We say, oh, I have the mind of Christ. And we typically are thinking in terms of making wise judgments, maybe making money. I, I have the mind of Christ. Well, actually, what God is really looking for most of all is that you have the mind of Christ for the lost. And the mind of Christ for the lost is tenacious, gives herself no rest. It's all at night. It's not a, an accident. It's in the dark. She lights her lamp. She takes her broom. She works with the broom. One hand with the lamp, the other hand with the broom. You know what a broom a broom is some tool to work with. When I was on our family farm as a 30, as a 28-year-old, 29-year-old, my uncle insisted. I was at university studying agriculture and then getting my master's in business management over a three-year three -year period. And... I would come home at the vacation time and, of course, work on the family farm because I was being trained to, to manage the family farm in the future. And if you're wondering why I'm not doing that, that's because at the end of those three years, my family, who are lovely, godly Christians, just had no peace. They felt the Lord saying, Duncan's called to the ministry. Release him to the gospel. The only reason I was farming in the first place was that I gave up being a, 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 an evangelist preaching to hundreds of thousands of people in large-scale uh, crusade or campaigns in West Africa for a friend of Reinhard Bonnke's and I was the associate evangelist. I thought this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and the Lord told me on the aeroplane, I want you to die to your calling. Go work on your family farm. Go shovel manure. When I was, and my uncle would say to me, Duncan, go sweep the barns. Uncle, I swept the barn yesterday. That's what I was thinking. I didn't say it to him because you don't talk to uncle like that. But uncle, go sweep the barn. Uncle, I swept it yesterday. I'd go back in, there'd be the same half inch to an inch of dust back on the floor again. The most pointless work, except it wasn't for the barn. It was to sweep my mind from all my wrong attitudes. One day while I was sweeping this barn with my broom, and oh my goodness, when you've got a broom that's like this wide and you're sweeping a room as big as this, and perhaps even larger than this, actually maybe twice the size of this, filled, you know, can fit in several tractors and implements, and you're sweeping the barn like this, taking a couple of hours sweeping the barn, you begin to start feeling hopeless. After two months of sweeping the same barn with the same dust, you feel hopeless. And the evangelist that I'd worked for had said to me when I told him I was resigning from the ministry because God had asked me to die to my, to my calling, he said, you are abandoning the call of God on your life and you are going to be in a backwater ministry for the rest of your life. Well, a year later now, I'm sweeping this barn, two months of sweeping, and all of a sudden that voice is strong. Oh my, it's true. I'm, I mean, I'm, this is hopeless. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came around me. The same river that's in this place. And he said, Duncan, I want you to know that I brought you to this place for myself. I want you to know that it took this degree of effort to slow you down 
so that you could meet me. And he said, I want you to know you've been working so hard for me. You haven't had time for me. And he said, I want you to know that you bring as much glory to me sweeping this barn as you did when you led 30,000 Muslims to Jesus in Tamale, Ghana, last year. I said, I was like Ananias. When Ananias says, but don't you know that this man's come here to, to persecute us all and murder us? As if God didn't know that. And I'm like, surely not, God. There's no way that I can bring as much glory to you sweeping this barn as I did when I was leading 30,000 people from Islam and following Muhammad to turn to Jesus. Are you kidding me? There's no way. That can't be true. And he said to me, Duncan, you don't think for a moment that I need you to get the job done of saving the world. He said, I don't, I, I don't need you. I, I've never needed you. I just like you. I like doing it with you. And whatever you do with a golden heart unto me gives me glory. And if I've asked you to sweep this balm for your uncle, you're bringing glory to me. Because all those Muslims that you led to Jesus, it wasn't you, it was me. I died. Remember last night we all got planted? That was my moment of planting. I died. I literally died with Christ. The point I'm making is that sweeping, I know takes a huge amount of effort. How much effort are you willing to make to partner, to switch gears, to go from being self-indulgent as a church, I'm talking to the church of the United Kingdom, I'm talking to the church of the world, to be self-indulgent indulgent concerning your salvation, concerning the, that you have the river, concerning that you have the gold, concerning that you have my presence, says the Lord, concerning that you have what I created you and redeemed you to give you. Are you going to be self-indulgent with it or are you going to give it away? Are you going to work with me to give it away to those who can never ever pay you back? Are you willing to be like this woman and give yourself no rest until you have swept the whole barn clean? Until you're able to give me Dudley. I didn't quite say it. Dodlai. Let's stand. You have a lamp. Shine. You have a broom. You have a broom. Lord, whatever the broom is for each person in this room, I ask that you'd show it to them. Whatever work that you'd like us all to do in your harvest fields, to get the barns ready so that you can reap with your sickle and so that you can bring the harvest into this storehouse and we promise to love them well. 
With your help, Holy Spirit, we will love them well. Lord, every treasure you bring us, Lord, we'll look into the face of your imprint in them, on them, and we will love you as we love them. Lord, that the Father's love would not just be something we experience for ourselves, but help us, Lord, to experience the rest of that encounter with you by loving the lost. See, the Lord showed me that every single encounter that you and I could possibly have with the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit is literally only 50% of that encounter until you step and give that encounter away and facilitate someone else having an encounter. Then you get the other 50% of that same encounter. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.